And I am Aware Now. Aware Now, the official platform for causes. Tune in and turn it up as we raise awareness one story at a time for the causes that tie us all together. young woman who rejects every guy she meets because they don't meet her insane standards for perfection meets a guy in a dating app who is smart, funny, and kind, but heavier and balder than the old pictures he posted. Confined to the digital realm by quarantine and eager to prove to her friends that she isn't shallow, she allows herself to get to know him in a way she never would have in the outside world. Of course, the huge mansion he lives in doesn't hurt. They fall in love over Zoom, but when she discovers he's not the person she thought he was financially or professionally, she rejects him, resigned to go back to her lonely life until a real-world emergency turns her world upside down and changes her priorities forever. Now that you know what the film's about, let's hear the story behind the director of Just Swipe, Elizabeth Blake Thomas. First of all, I absolutely love... Ike, no, 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 love, love this film. For any who watch the film, you'll see where that's coming from. Too many believe that you can't find love with an app, but too many people have proven that wrong. Jack and I, for example, we both swiped right. Love at first swipe, one week later, uh, we got matching ink, and one month later, we got married. Now, that's not how every online match ends. And I'm not going to say how your film ends, but what I will say is that it absolutely had me in tears. Is that why you made this film, Elizabeth, to give people hope in finding love or just, just to make me cry? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for, for using the I low IQ. You know, the first thing about that is I love it when you create sentences that might be something in the future. Um, in one of my earlier films there was a sentence that someone says I love you the mum says it and the babysitter goes you too and she goes not you so Isabella and I always go I love you not you and I'm hoping this will become the same thing I love like you so I think anything that comes from this is a bonus it's not about just giving people hope or making them cry it's about saying what is it that you can get from this film what is it personally? And I think there are a lot of people that have got these personal experiences, especially in the world we live in, where this online dating is now so relevant. So whether it be a good feeling, a bad feeling, a funny feeling, it, it doesn't matter. It was just to create a feeling of something because I feel like feelings are something that we kind of ignore and push down and actually any feeling is a positive feeling, especially in this current world. Yeah, I, I totally hear you there. Um, you know, and so, so this film is so relatable on so many levels from COVID to relationships, to introduce comedy and romance, to set the stage that so many feel that we've been on for so long. Um, as the director, what was the most important aspect of the film? Was it the comedy or the romance? Was one weighing heavier than the other for you? Or what was it? Well, yeah, so so as a director, it's fun on set when you get to have fun. 
Um, and I think, again, we were in this world where, you know, I'd been on my boat, which is where I, I am right now, um, for two, two months. And the, the fun had left us all. And that was the most important word that I was coming up with about what, what, what does this feel like? What, what's going on in life? And, um, and I think for me, the comedy aspect of not only filming it, but also afterwards. And I had some great actors that had amazing comic timing. I mean, every single one of them was superb with that. And to try and push those jokes and the writer that I work with is a comedy writer. That I think is the most important thing. However, also giving people that understanding that even in the darkest moments, you can still connect with people. And connections is, I think, what's important. So not necessarily just the romance, but connecting. Yeah, yeah, well, you did a brilliant job. Um, you know, I don't think you could have selected a better cast. By the end, I wanted to jump on their group video chats and be part of that whole conversation. Can you share a moment on set that was the most comical, the most unforgettable. Was there anything in the filming process that really stands out to you as like, wow, I remember that one time? Well, one thing that, that I remember, especially that we didn't see was that because COVID was happening, I had to rehearse with everybody like this over Zoom. So I never got to be in person with everybody. Even their wardrobes were taken in a bag, left at people's front doors. They would try them on, take photos and send them back to wardrobe and I would choose. There was no connection physically until we were on set. And then even when we were on set, I split it up over eight days of filming because I didn't want anyone to get COVID, where we had the first two days were just Jodie. There was nobody else there. So we did the entire script with just her and somebody else was reading the lines, the other lines. So they were never in the same room all together. But we'd done so many Zoom rehearsals that they knew how people were going to speak. So when you see the four together, they're not talking to, they're talking to my, my first AD or my second AD, that whoever's reading the lines. Um, so that was a very interesting experience. Um, but I think the funny aspects were things that just came uh, naturally, like one of my favorite lines, favorite lines, it wasn't even in the script, is Alex's line, because he's just hysterical. When they're playing ping pong, and I love that game because I'd seen it on Instagram. So I was like, oh my gosh, if you put, everyone's playing it separately now, you put the, the cups on you and you try and get the ball. And Alec came up with, I'm Asian, I should be good at this. And I was like, that's just the best line ever because he said it, it's okay. So he would come up with these beautiful moments. And I will say he's such a lovely guy. And again, that makes it even better when someone's lovely on set. Um, I think that answers your question, I can't remember. Yeah, 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 no, for sure. So many moments, so many. Well, and just you know, speaking of the fact that the way this was filmed, it had to be because of COVID so differently. Um, you know, your film does a brilliant job of showing the real connections that can be made from virtual introductions. And while the way we communicate has changed so much, no doubt, the way we connect hasn't changed at all. So what elements of the storyline really helped you to make this case? Was there, were there particular moments that say, yeah, this is, this is not change. When so much has changed, this <clears throat> is not. 
Yeah, it's interesting because I I was probably the only person in the world that didn't do Zooms, okay? And I don't know if it, it might have been that you even asked me to go on the Zoom. And I said, no, no, I don't do them. I don't have them. I don't want to be on a Zoom. I don't want to sit with 30 people. I don't need you to see where I am or what I'm doing. I'm all good. I mean, I'm actually in my pajamas now because I thought, well, you know what? This is what the film's about. It's about saying we don't need to pretend, but yet we still do. You know, you've got those funny photos of everyone with their shirts on, but yet they're wearing their underpants underneath, you know. And I think the connection we created in our virtual world, a, a, a pretend situation, which we often do in real life as well. And then we broke down those barriers and we realized actually on Zooms, we need to be real too. We need to have a realness, like, you know, you've got a beautiful map behind you, which is lovely, but you know, you have all those people that put up the Bahamas and, you know, they put up those fake photos. I actually never did. Again, I didn't do many Zooms, but if I did, I, this is where I live. This is what I am, guys. I can't pretend that. And I don't want to pretend it. So I think the connections that I felt from experiencing what it was like being on uh, FaceTime or Zoom with people were interesting for me because I think they were very different, as I said, to other people's experiences. Um, I, I just find it energy zapping being on a Zoom. And, and people, they kind of use it as an excuse of, oh, well, you must be free because you're at home all day. Here's a Zoom. And I looked at it and I went, hold on, people are on Zooms 12 hours a day. What are they doing? This is awful. This is worse than when we were in person. Because uh -huh. at least you could get some downtime. Now, I FaceTime my mum in England for about two hours every day. So I, I love having the technology to do it. But I'll put it down and I'll carry on and I'll brush my teeth and, I'll do, and she'll be doing stuff too. It's not this pretend. And I think for me, trying to find that understanding of what is it that we're faking? Why are we faking it? And still having a connection. It's a fine line. I mean, I remember I went on a, a date once having met somebody online and they said, first thing they said to me was, oh, you look just like your photo. And I went, I don't even know what to say about that. Isn't that what a photo is? I had never understood. I don't, I don't do things to my face on a photo or change things. So I was like, well, of course I look like my photo. What are you talking about? He said, well, you know, you haven't done things. And I was like, no, because this is me. Otherwise, what's the point? So I think there's that fine line between connecting, um, finding that that love and being real with it and using our technology, but again, in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Not removing all of this fakeness. As I said, I've got my cup of tea, I'm in my pajamas and I'm on my boat. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to that. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> Captain of my own ship. There you are. And of your own soul, yes? <laughs> yes. Um, you know, so, so in this film, Vanessa, played by Jodie Sweetin, learns a lot about Brandon, played by David Lipper, and while at the same time learning a lot about herself, that it seems she only comes to realize at the end that all of us, as the audience, come to learn as well. As much as this film is about a relationship explored, I feel it's also very much about a, a story about an individual's growth. So when you wrote this, Elizabeth, when Wendy Braff, when she crafted the screenplay, what was that the original intention? Yeah, it was actually because, again, sitting here during COVID on the boat and I went on that Zoom date and um, and I realized again that I was uh, I looked I looked good here, you know, and um, and everything else wasn't wasn't real. And COVID gave me two months or three months, whatever it was, of 
absolute timeout, which I've never had in my life, ever. And I became incredibly analytical of myself, incredibly, um, probably quite harsh to myself, actually, questioning things, looking at choices. And then I did this arc where I came out and went, hold on a minute. I cannot be blamed for everything, for everybody, for all those other people's choices. And the, the arc of that, I suppose, is a similar journey where she, she has this self-realization. I felt I went on a self-realization journey, a very strong one. And I'm still going through it now. I still go through it every single day. I question and I look at myself and I, is that a good thing to do? Is that, was that the right thing to do? And I think that is just as important because it's about the individual. Because we can't change other people, we can only change ourselves. So on this kind of a movie, yes, it's a rom-com. Yes, it's supposed to make you laugh. Yes, it's about relationships. But it is also about that self-reflection, especially during the COVID time, to stop and reassess and look at ourselves and decide what kind of person we want to be. Mm -hmm. I think that that was very important to me. And, you know, the, the, the main concept came up because I went on that Zoom date and I realized that there was this this still this fakeness, something you could hide behind. And I mean, you should see my notes I gave to Wendy and all I said, they were like this big about, can you write a screenplay with this? And she did. And she did a phenomenal job. So everything that she wrote, it, it came from her. And I would suddenly send her things and go, put a scene in with these cups or put a scene in with this or make this character like this wow. and she just went with it so it was it was fantastic teamwork that is that is incredible yeah the story that resulted is just phenomenal um so so while this romance comedy was entertaining your passion really comes from educating you have an incredible talent for embodying stories with empathy seen and felt on screen more than a writer and director, you are a storyteller. Tell us about your passion in the form of social impact filmmaking. So I think I feel that I have a responsibility with anything I do. I have a responsibility to put something out there that is going to make a difference or do something. I, I can't tell you where that comes from, but it comes from deep in here. And so no matter what I do, whether it's the actual experience of filming or the filming of, its, of the thing itself, there has to be a social impact. So when I work with my crew, I make sure that they are looked after. I make sure that they don't work long hours, that they're fed as well as I can afford within a budget, that they are happy, enjoying it, having a good experience. It's a priority to me. So that social impact starts in a physical way, even when I'm working. And then as I get to the projects, I try and find projects that are going to connect. And I feel like I have lots of stories in me or stories that I'm told that, again, I have a responsibility to share in the best way. And I also, you know, I, I write my books. I have my healing through storytelling. To me, it's the most powerful thing. And therefore, because I'm, I have that ability to tell it through film, that is the, the, the way I do it. That is my main source of telling stories. And so when somebody comes to me with a story, I visually see it straight away. And I know there's one you know, we're working on that was exactly that. I was told a story by this chap. It was so impactful for me that I thought this could have a huge impact on other people. And I visually saw it and I went, that's the way I need to tell it. So any story that's given to me, I see visually. I want to get that story out there. 
and, and, and have that impact on people. And it can be as simple as making people laugh. You know, again, when, when we're sad, we want to laugh. We want to find something funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think whatever the reason behind the things I do is, it's got to have some kind of impact on people. I mentor a lot. You know, I have a lot of people on my set that haven't experienced this kind of filmmaking before and they come away and they say, that was a great experience or thank you for that. That's just as important. It's like, if I can do it on a tiny seed level, then hopefully, you know, the big trees will grow. Right, right. Well, I can't thank you enough for the work that you do, not only what you do, but how you do it. Um, Just the process of you in your work is so beautiful and um, so inspiring. So I want to thank you for taking the time on your boat with your cup of tea and me with my coffee here. And we can cheers. And um, thank you for helping all of us just become a bit more aware now. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thank you. Thank you. Tune into our podcast, subscribe to our magazine, find us and join us online. Visit IamAwareNow.com. We will no longer wait for permission to change the world. Together, we are aware now.